Welcome everybody to another episode of the Building Savages podcast. Yo. Here are my boy EP. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's up? And as you can see, also I have a special guest with me. I got my boy, my cousin, Andre Tremel here. How you guys doing? So it's funny that we got Dre on the show because um we were just talking about injuries in the last episode. Yeah, perfect time. Before we get there, almost messed up. Like, subscribe, notifications. I know EV was taken on the other end. <laughs> sure we gotta like, get better on the intros. We gotta we gotta get better on intros. He's like, yeah, that's what, that's okay, how we're gonna so. create the intro soon. <laughs> yeah, we, we're just gonna pre-record it. We, we're, we're, we're just gonna get it right out the way. <laughs> hey, we suck at this. We're just gonna go ahead and pre-record it. Do all the liking, subscribing. You know this shit. Like I'm gonna. You know, go you know how this goes, guys. Yeah, I'm gonna we'll, find you and all that shit if you don't yeah, do it. All of it. We'll we'll yeah. finish out with it as well. But yeah, make sure you uh like subscribe. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you decide to listen to. We are available and all of the above here. So back to where we was going before. We got my boy Dre here. Um, our last episode, we actually talked about injuries. And it actually wasn't planned to have him follow up with this to talk about injuries because he um he had a severe injury from a, a freak accident that he's going to tell us about. And this is actually a good follow through to what our conversation was last week in terms of the mental state, how to bounce back from injuries, um, and pretty much the whole shebang of how that goes. So I'm going to let Dre take the floor and just give us a little uh, backstory of what he experienced over the last couple of years. Yes, sir. Well, uh, first, I want to thank you guys for bringing me on. Uh, follow you guys every time you guys put an episode out. Um, Appreciate that. I don't know. Can, all right, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. You, you, you're a rookie with the mic, but we appreciate you coming. Yeah, you know, last time we did it, it was kind of like, it was just different, but I, I got yeah. you. I got you. Yeah, you good, man. Yeah, but um, I tore both my patella tendons in 2018 of December. Uh, I was squatting at night. Going up for my last working set, I was hitting 405, and they pretty much just snapped on me. Um. Got rushed to the ER. Guy pretty much told me, he was like, yeah, both your patella snapped. You're pretty much going to need surgery as soon as possible. Got the surgery done on that Sunday. Uh, was in braces for about three months. Got out, around, got out of them around, like, I would say March or April. Basically made a full recovery and then retore my right one in 2002. 20 in september jesus christ yeah damn all right well you you definitely jumped the story a lot <laughs> well just um just just take us through like that day of training leading up to it what your program it looked like um because you also had knee issues before that happened as well too so just kind of give a little more overview uh how could i put it to be honest with you i kind of pushed through the pain I was feeling like knee discomfort in both my knees for about that happened in 2018. I would say it started maybe 2012. So for the most part, it was something I just kind of dealt with. Uh, my training wise, it was pretty much just like the basic programming squat bench deadlift on that day. I felt it at the beginning, but like I said, for so many years, I kind of just pushed through it. And for the most part, I would just, after I would get warming up, the pain would kind of like go away, but it was still there. 
and you know my cousin he was in there with me and like they all they all knew about it but it pretty much was one of those things to where i kind of just got used to it kind of just didn't really think about it and it just was like it is what it is but um yeah, I mean, leading up to it, everything kind of felt normal. I would just say, like, the last warm-ups that I did do, something was telling me, like, I hit 365. It was like, all right, you're good. Just just rack the bar. But in my mind, the way my thinking was back then, it was like, you know what? No, let me just hit 405, and then I'll drop the weight or just change everything. And, like, I was, I was actually prepping for a competition. But then I didn't get to do the 405, and it just happened. So, Jesus. So, dude, Terrence, you said you, he said you were there, right? You so you were there when it happened? No, he was actually um in a different state at the moment doing a workout. I want so. I'm, I'm more interested in your reaction to seeing that because, like, bro, I see that online, man. I I I I'm I'm shutting shit down. Like, I'm never gonna fucking like like I turn off my IG when I look at that. But 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 it's interesting because like we talked about last week, um, nagging injuries can lead to like fucking chronic injuries or like that like fucking freak accidents when you're just like a monster and you're pushing through some shit and you have the ego and then all of a sudden you're like fuck like and now you're in a huge setback instead of like actually doing the things that you needed to do before to actually not fall into such a setback and then that shit happens which is just wild and congratulations on coming back from a full recovery and not being in braces forever and i'm assuming that you're you're lifting currently and stuff like that yeah yeah so perfect yeah, I'm pretty much for the most part back to normal. Okay. Um, no real, nothing really bothers me. Actually, I'm, I'm honestly stronger than I was before I got hurt. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Here's a here, here's a question before we go too deep. What after that? What lesson do you learn about training now? Like what what's different now? Like now, do you pay attention to the little nicks and ticks? Like what's the difference now from training now from back then? What's the biggest thing? Listening to my body. Like now, if anything feels a little bit off, I'll for the most part think like this one training day isn't going to affect my whole training cycle. So it's like if you maybe miss like the top set or just like if you're not feeling good, just back up a little bit. It's not the end of the world. Like back then I kind of had the I got to go hard every single time I step foot in the gym. So now it's pretty much like if I feel anything feels a little off, I feel a little if something doesn't feel right, you can come back next week. You know what okay. I mean? So that's my mindset now. Okay. So my question would be, um, what what do you think led to some of the knee pains and obviously the injury um, getting to that moment? Um, what are some things that you did differently after you got hurt? Because like, like what Evan said, with anything – that's like nagging pain or chronic pain. That means there's from over time things that are, let's say, going wrong. And the pains are just kind of like the signs. They're just like the the notifications to kind of let you know, like, there's something that's brewing here. And what do you what do you think were some of the things that kind of led you to that moment? I'm going to try not to jump and jump around the story too much, but my retear of my right, my right patella tendon kind of opened my eyes to something else. I was diagnosed in 2007 with uh, ulcerative colitis. I've had it. It's pretty much a lifelong chronic disease, autoimmune disease. And 
I believe that that was pretty much the main cause of where my knee pain was coming from. So like to not jump around too much, when I retore my second patella tendon, I was kind of like, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I need to kind of like switch sports to just kind of give it up. Around the time that happened, uh, Chadwick, I forgot, I forgot to pronounce his last name from uh, Black Panther. He passed Black away. Black. He died from colon cancer. So it kind of like opened my eyes to where around the time when I got hurt, I had had a flare up of my ulcerative colitis. Not to get too like graphic, but when that happens, you have body, you have uh, body fatigue, you have um, blood in your stool. You just, you just don't feel right. Mm-hmm. So around that time when that ha- around that time when that happened, and he he passed away, I started thinking about you know what I need to kind of like really get this in check because I would kind of go off and on where I took care of it. Like I would get on the medication, and then like once it cleared up, I would kind of leave it. I get away from it because it's something where you literally taking for the rest of your life, and it's like I'm not somebody that likes to take a bunch of medication all the time. Mm-hmm. So. Like when that happened, I was like, you know, I got to take care of this. Got on the medication and the knee pain went away. And it was kind of weird because uh, T actually came in there and he started like, we started kind of doing some rehab stuff and I was still having trouble with like my knees really bothering me. And all of a sudden it just went away. So it was like one of those things to where I was like, like, what's going on here? And I started actually researching my uh, autoimmune disease and one of the side effects is joint pain. Mm. So I kind of started pen, like kind of started piecing things together. And I was like, well, this might've been coming from that because I never addressed it. Yeah. So it wasn't until I got hurt again that it really opened my eyes to not just look at like, okay, maybe this isn't a training issue. Maybe it's just a body issue or something that you got going on. Mm. So for yeah. me, it was, it was, it was like a really, I'm, most people would think it's kind of weird to think of it this way, but I'm happy that it happened to me because it opened yeah. my eyes to so many things. Yeah, it's a it, it's an unfortunate situation to learn it to learn a lesson. And the way that I kind of and in the last episode we talked about before, uh, using injuries or like illnesses as lessons instead of thinking of them as like issues because then you can learn from it and then you can grow from it. And like you said, now like you're stronger than you've ever been because you're taking care of what you need to take care of. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a there's a limit of where the ego comes to side where like sometimes you need to be like, bro, I gotta push through this. Like my knee's fine, whatever like that. And then there's sometimes where you gotta be like, bro, like this is actually bothering me. Like what is going on? What can I do to kind of address it? What do I do? Who do I need to talk to to help? And what's a doctor going to tell me that's going to, that doesn't involve surgery that I can figure it out. Cause obviously you tore two fucking like fucking patellas. You're going to need surgery, but what are you going to do before that shit? You know what I mean? So the lesson, a lot of the lessons here is like, all right, like if something's going on, how serious is it? How long has it been going on? And what am I doing to address it to make it better? Because if it's not getting better, you're not doing anything for it, then, I mean, God forbid something like that happens to somebody else. Yeah, me. Because I, I, being a fly on that wall, bro, I just want to fucking fell after seeing that shit, bro. God. Just like picturing it in my head hurts my soul. No, that video is crazy, bro. It, it's oh, you have a video? Like a, oh, don't send a, that. Yeah, video. <laughs> no, that... I, I have an Instagram. I'll um after this is uh done, I guess I'll uh try to find you on there. But I have it on my. No, Instagram. don't don't don't. Yeah, don't send it to me though. 
No, 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 no. It's just there. It's just there. You're going to get curious and want to see it. I'm just letting you know right now. I'm just letting you know. No. I, 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 it's in my head right now. That's the best thing I'm going to do. I see your face. I'm not seeing your knees. I'm cool. I'm not seeing your knees right now. <laughs> yeah, when, when I got that video, I was like, wow. That was, um, that was crazy, man. It was, it's, your, your first, your, your first reaction to something is, to that is like, what happens next? You know what I mean? Like something That's so it. severe of that. And I'm not going to describe the video, but, and like, I know Dre, like Dre loves the gym, you know? So it's like your first, your first thought process going through something like that is like, how do I get back to this thing that I love, you know? And, and there becomes like that mental challenge and that, that almost like a sadness that really comes with that because like, you feel like you're getting stripped away from this, activity that you love to do so much and what hurts even more is the thing that you love to do is what caused it you know but there's there's a thing to be said about having like a, a unhealthy relationship with moving and just like really ignoring signs and that's something that's very common especially in like young lifters it's just um just because it's common that people are hurt and fucked up doesn't mean it's normal yeah, you're and not, I was you're... having like conversations like that in the gym today with some people. And I'm like, there's a lot of common things that go on. that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it normal. Yeah. No, you're not, you're not fucking invincible. Like, especially as you get older and stuff like that, like those injuries that, that, that you leave nagging at 21, like by the time you turn 30, like those are issues. Like there's so many people who are like, I had low back issues at 21 and like at 30, they're like chronic now. Yeah. Cause you can't do anything about it. So yeah, I, I'm now 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 bringing that stuff up. I'm more interested to see like what switch flipped like into Dre like after like I feel like obviously there's the huge sadness of like this shit going down and it happens to all, a bunch of athletes and especially like fucking watching Nick Chubb's knee get decapitated mm. on my football suck dick. But I didn't see it. Oh no, don't watch it, bro. Don't watch it. Like his knee went backwards. Yeah, yeah his knee God. was in his ass. His knee was in his ass. Holy so, shit! Um, yeah, he's gotta get two surgeries for that for that knee. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but anyway, uh, Dre, like, what did, like, like he he was about to ask when I when I when I really interrupted was, um, what was that thought process like immediately after the injury, and then, like, how much PT did you go through? Like, like what what went through your head like throughout the whole process to like now? Honestly, when it first happened, it was shock. It was a lot of disappointment. And to be honest with you, it wasn't so much of, it was the injury, but it was the fact that I had just moved down to Delaware. And I was just thinking about just like, just life. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't work. I had, you know, my, me and my girlfriend at the time just moved down there. And it's like, I knew a lot of things were just going to be on her. But far as like when it originally happened far as like me and like train thinking of like the gym honestly i was a little bit like happy i know that may sound weird but it was like it happened and it's like it gives me a chance to actually like maybe restart and like do some things better now that i didn't do previously but um far as pt i went to pt like four times a week mm-hmm. um it was maybe about an hour our sessions when I did go, I kind of just treated it like 
hey, this is like me going to work out. Like, I didn't just go in there and just, like, half-ass it and just bullshit like how some people do. It was like, yo, this is where we're at right now. If they just say lift your leg up a little bit, you treat that like it's a max squat, a max squat. You know what I mean? If they told me to ride the bike for, you know, five minutes, I tried to push it to 10. So it's just like in my mind, I was like, this is where I'm at right now. Don't think about the future. Think about trying to walk first. And then after that, think about trying to get the braces off. And then after that, think about doing like a half squat, just all those steps like that. But that's where my that's where my thought process was. It was like more of less. Let's get this restarted and let's go. Yeah, that's an interesting concept to kind of think about of um, feeling happy to restart. And I think that that comes from like hardships in general, like it's really hard for like people that don't deal with hardships to think that way. They think that's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Like that just shows that right now, like, like that incident wasn't the hardest thing you ever had to go through, even though it sounds fucking horrible, which it does. But I also like the idea of like you not thinking so far ahead. And I think that's also a negative thing that a lot of people think. It's like, I want to think about just the end. Like I want to be able to walk and squat 400 pounds again. Like, nah, man, like, it might take you it, like you made a miraculous recovery. Like you made it like in like what, almost like a year or something like that. Let's just like less than that maybe or something. So less than that. So less than a year. Like a lot of people take, depending on their age, might be a year or two, might be whatever to actually feel right to be able to squat. So you took it one step at a time instead of thinking about the end goal. And that one step at a time became your goal. Once you hit it, you cleared it. Once you hit it, you cleared it, clear it, clear it, clear it. Instead of thinking so far ahead, and not have anything any in between, and then every day feeling like you're not there yet. That's what sucks. It's feeling like you're never gonna get there because you have so long to get to instead of thinking about the next day or the next goal, a small goals instead of so large goals. I think that's super important, super interesting to hear. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's great. And just just like how we said on the last um podcast, when you get injured, you don't realize how much you need that area <laughs> oh, that you injured so i re- i remember even in his uh recovery which i i want him to to kind of speak more into like even the progressions that he had to go through to make it back to a full squat there was at one point where he couldn't even do push-ups because locking his legs out would bother his knees I even think then, about that. yeah now we, we when we think of a push-up we never really think about how much the lower body has to play a part so just putting your feet on the ground and just having your legs straight just for that lower body stability to do your push-up, he couldn't. his leg couldn't hold that position to even do that. And now you're thinking about it, well, I can't do a kneeling push-up either because I can't put the pressure of my knee or even bend my knee to the capacity to allow myself to do a push-up. So, like, even explain from, you know, you're going through PT, like, what are some of the movements that we're doing? What are some of the progressions that we led to? And how do we get to the stage today into the way that you're training now? It's honestly crazy because, like, it's just five years ago. And it's, some stuff is, like, hard for me to, like, even remember. But him bringing that up far as, like, the push-ups, he's, like, absolutely right. Like, I remember, I was like, all right, I can't train my legs. I could do some stuff from upper body and I literally got on the floor and I couldn't keep myself up. And I remember texting him. I was like, yo, dude, I can't do a push up." He was like, well, you know, think of it as like a plank for the most part. He's like, you need your quads. So 
I remember when I went to PT the first time I had the braces on, they pretty much started me off with just like uh, lifting my leg. No, not even lifting my leg, but trying to contract my quads. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was kind of scary because like when I first did it, they, they wouldn't move. So I'm literally sitting here. I'm just like, yo, this is like crazy. It's like, yo, you know, you just had a major surgery. It's going to take a while for you to get there. So I was just doing like I would just sit on the on the table and just do uh, quad contractions. And then they would like lift my leg up. Try I would try to lift my leg up as high as possible, but it wouldn't go anywhere because like mm-hmm. the nerves and everything just weren't really like they weren't firing properly. Yeah. Then it eventually got to a point to where I could lift my leg up even if it was just like a little bit off the a little bit off the table. Mm-hmm. I went from that to what else did they have me do? Um uh what do you call it? Um what's the thing on the side? I forgot the name of it. Yeah, like side leg lifts. Um, uh, I had to, oh, yeah. I was doing, yeah, I was doing those. Um, they had me riding the uh, the bicycle. I couldn't go forward. And what's crazy, I did a lot of studying on my own. So I kind of looked up other people that had the same injury. They were making me ride the bike forward. And I looked up, I don't know if you know uh, Louis Simmons, uh, Westside Barbell. He tore his patella tendon. And he pretty much told this guy, he was like, look, ride the ride the bike backwards because that way it'll like it'll 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 be more natural and it's going to hurt because you're breaking the scar tissue but when i did that that actually sped up me getting rid of that scar tissue on my knee but that was me searching it looking it up it wasn't really the the pt people telling me what to do it's always it's always funny that louis simmons shit is almost way better than physical therapy like it's almost it's just crazy a lot of his fucking scientific stuff is like yeah, they they don't teach you in PT school, but if you do this stuff on your own, like it's better. It sometimes works more effectively than PT, but that's a sidebar. No, nah, absolutely no. Nah, but I did that. Um, once I, I well with the bike, I started up with the seat very high because I had to use my hips a lot. Then eventually, as the scar tissue broke up, they raised the seat, they put the seat down. Then I could actually pedal it forward. But then when I once I got to that part. They started me off with uh, just like I don't even say they were quarter squats. They were like wall squats with the, like a with like an exercise ball, yeah. and just maybe going like was maybe it's like a this a quarter squat, just going for as many reps as I can. Um, they had me on the uh, leg extension, and even though I couldn't do that, they just had me on and they put a um, electric stimulator on my quads and pretty much I guess mimic me trying to force like use my legs to uh, extend it up um single leg press that had me on that that one was actually a little bit scary because i got to a point to where i was still getting over nerves of actually doing stuff especially with that because i had to actually use some force and push but for the most part once i got strong with that i was pretty much good you know so here's here's a shit i just lost my train of thought uh Oh, actually, here's my question. Do you think you having previous lifting, you you having like a sizable amount of muscle and previously lifting and all that stuff and I mean, being a fucking athlete helped you kind of like recover faster? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I, cause I looked around and I saw people, I think just having the athlete mindset helped me out than most people because I would just look around and it's like there's people that have been there for they were getting PT for like a surgery they had like maybe six months ago. 
mm-hmm. they're just getting to the point to where they can actually like extend their leg. And I'm looking, it's like, I'm looking at the effort that they're putting in. I'm like, well, this is why you're not getting better. You're like, you, you, you bullshit. Yeah. So it was more or less for me. Like I said before, it was the mindset of just being like, this is what it is right now. Attack it. Just like you're going in there doing like a hard workout. It's the same mindset. It's just don't, don't let your ego, you know, get you in trouble. Yeah. You know, so. Okay. Yeah, that's, um, so. How does that work in terms of like getting some of that knee flexion degree back? You know, like what pain wise, how did it feel? How long did it take for you to actually be able to do like a full knee bend and get your leg into at least like a 90 degree angle? Like talk a little bit about that. Uh, Full knee bend. I think I had it fully bent. I tore it in December. I think I had a fully bent knee by April with no pain. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. Cause, cause literally, cause like I said, it was like I the, the, the physical therapy for me didn't stop there. Like I yeah. would go home and matter of fact, I remember, um, T he gave me these sliding, these sliding, I forgot what they're called. Sliders. The sliders. Like I said, this is all me searching people and researching with other people how they came back from it. So the doctors are telling me or the PTs like, hey, man, make sure you stay in your brace. I'm looking at other people being like, take it off and just do some things as much as you can. Like, don't yeah. go crazy, but do as much as you can. So even when I left there, I was doing the sliders. I was walking in my apartment back and forth backwards. Yeah, backwards. Um, yeah, we would go to the park, me and my um my girlfriend at the time, I would walk up the hill backwards, even if it was slow. Yeah. Just to like break up the scar tissue, just to like just create range and stuff like that. So that's what I would say pretty much helped me like the most get it that fast. Because I feel like if I would have just followed their approach, it would have took me longer than it should have. Yeah. I think it's it's interesting because like I mean PT just like anything else is a business. Like they want to suck you in there for as long as they can and they'll help you. I mean, depending on who it is, kind of to the bare minimum. Like, here, here's a ball, put this on your hand, your hand's broken, do that, I'll come back. Like shit like that. That's why I never like PT. Um, but I think it's also the thing of like people need to realize like it's the work you do outside of the gym or at PT that is truly beneficial because like you're only getting like you said you went to PT four times a week. That's what, four hours. But you were doing an extra, let's say, 10 hours of fucking doing something. You were walking. You were doing this. You were doing that. And all that movement healed. And we talked about your body doing a majority of your, of, of the stuff itself. All you got to do is just fucking move it. And sometimes it just fucking works. It works itself out because it needs to. Because what's going to do, if you don't fucking do it, you're not going to walk. And your body's like, all right, cool. I'm not going to use my legs. And I don't know. The la- I, like you said, bro, you'll be surprised what, what you can't do without your legs. And, like, what's amazing is what people don't have legs, what they can do without their legs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think, I think think it's a, it's amazing to see, like, the thought process and how some people take it. Because, I mean, you take PT, like, at face value. PT is just, like, I mean, a couple bands here, a couple balls there. Do a quarter squat. And then next week, let's try to go, like, a quarter and, a, and, and two centimeters, like, cool nah man i want to be able to do shit like let's do that real quick how do you do that by doing more shit like i don't think it's that hard but i think people have a lazy mindset of let 
the professionals do their job instead of like me doing a little bit of the extra work to heal myself. Um, and I think the, 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 the acquirement of knowledge of wanting to do more is only beneficial. So you just got to have to fucking do it. So it's interesting to hear. It's cool. You hit that on a nail with the mindset of like, I'm going to let the professionals do it, but it's like, you have to help the professional at the end of the day. Exactly. You know, and it's kind of like what our job too, right? Like, if someone comes to us, most of us at the most take a client three times a week. Mm-hmm. But on average, we see people once to twice a week, depending if we have a class schedule, yada, yada. But I mean, that's what, three hours out of a out of a whole week? Like, that's not much. Is so we're, yeah. it's like not even like 1% of your fucking week. It, it's not. Yeah. So it's like we provide structure, tools, resources, education and value of things that you need to instill on a day to day for you to really chase your result. We can't sit there with you on the hours that we're not there. And we won't <laughs> be honest with you. Like you don't pay me enough that. to be there all fucking <laughs> like, <that's definitely laughs> not gonna happen. But we can't be there with you on all your meals. Right. So like we can only give you as we can only like really give you as much resources as, as we can and that you're willing to digest as well. You know, like there's that part too, because there's, with, with physical therapy, it's just like with anything else, you do have to find the right one. And when you do find the right one, it's a blessing. But when you find the right one, they give you homework. They give you things that they give you things to do. They're not just throwing you on like some stimulation machine, um, making your quad fire to make you feel like you're doing something and sending you about your way. Like the, the PTs that I always recommend people to, they do real strength work and they really like deep dive assess the human body. But like, they'll send you like, Hey, you need to do this on this time, three times a week, this prescription X, Y, and Z. Now at that point it's up to the, the, the athlete or the patient to do the work. And now they come back in the next time and you're looking at it and it's like, I can tell you haven't been doing some of the work because I know what this recovery process looks like. If you did the conversations become different. Um, the intent becomes different. Like when, when you're recovering from an injury, you got to want to recover from the injury. Like that's a different mindset to really dig into where you're not just sitting around and just allowing pain and allowing like a loss of function to be regular for yourself. Like you're trying to change the body to become what it was or even better than what it was. And, And you have this new outlook on yourself of an appreciation for even like, oh man, I really know how important it is to have my knees. So I'm going to really build my body up and I'm going to make sure something like this doesn't happen to myself again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is why I I don't call myself a trainer and I call myself a coach because, and this is one of my favorite books, it's called Coach to Coach. And mm-hmm. the definition of coach is literally where the bus is. That's where the bus is. The bus is a coach, right? Like it takes you from point A to point B. We guide you from point A to point B. And that's all we do is we guide. Like, I'm not going to do shit for you. Like, I'll get you from point A to point B. If you're not going to listen to me, I'm just going to stop the bus. Literally, yeah. If you're not going to do the extra work or you're not going to put the incentives in, like, I'll give you what what my job is to guide. But if you want to do the extra stuff, you're going to have to actually pay the bus fare. You know what I'm saying? Every time, every time you request, that's paying the bus fare. 
If you're not paying the bus fare by doing the works that that, that actually gave you, bus is going to stop. So making sure that as coaches, we guide, we tell people how they how to get there. And we also pay attention to like the ones who don't and making sure that they that that they can take the the advice and the criticism that comes with it also. Because like if you can't take the advice and the criticism, then how much can we really help you? For sure. Yeah, because it's always going to be a struggle, and that's our job is to fucking help you through the struggle and guide you through the direction that that you want to go to, and it's not going to be fucking nice. Um, it can be, but usually isn't because some people don't listen, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> um but but yeah, we're getting a, a little sidetracked on the on on the thing, but I think, yeah, I think handling injuries with the mindset of learning yourself learning about the injury yourself taking it away as a lesson instead of a detriment and then having the goal of coming back stronger but also making little goals along the way yeah important. the little the little goals around the way is a huge fucking thing don't look at the ends look at one step at a time your quarter squat will be two two inches deeper the next week or whatever like that cool i don't give a shit i mean that's better than what it was last week and doing that too, I feel like on top of that, doing that and making those steps, the small steps, looking at that goal and taking it as an athlete mindset has not only made you a better athlete, has made you a better person. It made you more patient. It made you more resilient to, to things. It made you more knowledgeable to your body. Like, I mean, you're fucking taking your medicine. You don't have any joint pain. You don't have any knee pain. It's taught you lessons. And on top of that, it's made you a better mentor and um, instructor yourself because yeah. you're teaching these people how to fucking do things. And like just by just by being you, like I fucking tore. Watch this fucking video of me of me tearing two knees. Look at me squat again. I mean, maybe they won't look at it, but like it's it's the thing of like of being present and leading by action. That's super fucking important. And people don't have that anymore because a lot of people don't act. They just talk. Cool. You fucking, you, you squatted 405. You broke both knees. What did, what the fuck do you do now? You probably squat 405 right now. I don't know, but I'm just giving well, you a, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm right there. I'm 20 pounds away from it. Yeah, see, uh, you get me like, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I think people need to realize that too. Like come back stronger. Your knees are fucking you like you said, your knees don't bother you anymore. You learned lessons and you got stronger from it. Cool. That's exactly so let's, so let's actually talk about that part. Just to, um so now we're we're twenty pounds away from the four hundred squat. And how does training cause now we get to the point where you know you can do push ups, you can do like regular daily living activities. How does training now look? You know, because now we get to a point where we want body weight squats and we're trying to introduce the barbell back and we're building up that confidence to do some of these things. So just kind of explain that process on what some of your early stages of leg training look like and how it pushed you into where you are today. Yeah, so when I first started, get, when I got back into the gym, I went on the leg press, no weight just the platform itself <clears throat> went as deep as I could until I felt like uncomfortable. And so she said, uh <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had, I, I had to, we could continue. I just, I, it's, it's a mandatory thing. I actually haven't dropped it. I did the leg press, um, just the platform by itself. 
I would say I start off like a like a four sets of 20, just getting the pump in. At the time when I first started, I couldn't really do leg extensions. Well, depending on the machine. So I would do leg extensions with uh, ankle weights. Um, I did the, I could do leg curls because my hamstrings wasn't affected. Uh-huh. Leg curls, uh, calf raises, sled walks, just with the, just with the piece by itself. And then I would, I would use like what I did in that workout and be like, okay, Let's come back and let's try to add some weight. So it would be the platform. And next week, I would maybe do 25 pounds on each side, then 45. And then to the point to where I was doing three plates on each side for reps. Uh, far as squatting, goblet squat, just the 20-pound. Actually, I'll take that back. A bodyweight squat first uh, to like a box to where I felt comfortable. Then I would remove the box and just do a free weight bodyweight squat. Then I did goblet squats. I remember starting my first squat workout with with the goblet squat was a 40-pound dumbbell for a set of 10. Mm-hmm. And once I got to a point to where I felt comfortable with that, then I uh, put the bar on my back, which actually at first the bar, but the back squat actually felt uncomfortable. The front squat actually felt a lot better. So I same thing with that. Started with the bar until it was comfortable, and then each week just added what I could. So I remember my working sets, my early working sets were ninety-five pounds for five sets of ten, mm-hmm. and it was a little, it was it, it hurt my ego a little bit, but for the most part, I had in my head that doesn't matter. Like let's let's let's, let's attack what's in front of us right now, and at the end of the day, you can squat. A couple months ago, you couldn't walk, so let's just look at that as this you know, you're winning. So just take your time. Yeah. I think the two, mo- the three most important things of that statement is progressive overload. Mm-hmm. Not rushing to movements that you're, that, that you're not ready for and em- embracing comfort, uncomfortability, but being comfortable with the movement that you can do now and getting comfortable with that. That makes sense. Like I said, like jump into a back squat because like your knees, you're you're like, fuck it. I'm going to do it because I have ego. It's like, I'll check my ego, do front squat. And no matter what, it's going to transfer to my back squat no matter what. So I feel like people who break both knees or do whatever is like, nah, I'm going to squat 315 right now. I can walk. Dumbass. I feel like it's too, I feel like it's too extreme. These are squats bad for me. I'll never do it again. Or the mindset that you said. Exactly. Yeah. Either one. You know, and and that's like we. I mean, we we hear things like that all the time. Like, oh man, I hurt my back deadlifting. You know, I don't deadlift no more. And it's just like, no, you, you should, but you should figure out why you hurt your back when you deadlifted, opposed to just labeling deadlifting as bad for your back. It, anything can be bad for you if you misutilize it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like if 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 I know that deadlifts, I use deadlifts for people that I know have bad backs. It's my favorite you too. Know, it's my it's my thing. I'm I'm gonna deadlift you. The, oh, you have a bad back. We're going to deadlift, and it's always funny because people do get intimidated because of these things that they hear about deadlifting, and then they start learning how to do it correctly. And hey, man, I feel taller. My back feels stronger. My posture is more upright. Like all of these things, and I'm like, yeah, this is the the this is the the power of what good deadlifting does for the human body. It's not, not it, here to ruin you. It's all. It's always funny. The people that are like, oh, like I hurt my back deadlifting are the people that are completely out of shape or work barely that's ever. It. Work. Yeah, it, man, but, then, but then those people listen to them 
They'd be exactly. like, oh, my friend, my friend hurt their back deadlifting. Have you seen your friend? Your friend has a dad bod and hasn't worked out in the gym in 20 years. Like, 20 what years. the fuck is going on? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand. And I don't understand. Like, it's so easy for people to, like, listen to people like that. But mm-hmm. they're not going to listen to the person who's in shape, has a good deadlift, and has a healthy body. Exactly. It's just like, well, maybe he knows something. But yeah. a lot of people look at it like, oh, you're already in shape. Well, I had to get in shape. Exactly. It's not yeah. like you just wake up and then you just have deadlifts with no pain and stuff like that. You have to learn how to deadlift correctly. God, if you I, know, if so that's the part that's always that, weird to me. If there was a fucking pill for that, like wake up and deadlift like a thousand pounds. I'll take that pill, though. <laughs> Real quick, like on the video I sent you, there was a dude. I said, uh, I sent him a video. I don't know who, who it was. This dude, thousand pounds, nothing in his face. Yeah. Speed on that fucking bar was insane. Like, whoop. Deadlift, thousand pounds. I gotta send you a video. I don't know his name, but yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Nobody's just casually deadlifting a thousand pounds. Not, 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 not motherfucker was not human, not human. It was great though, but yeah, it's a yeah. And it, it, people need to take shit more with a grain of salt and be accepting of being healthy and strong. I mean, because like I feel like we talked about before, and it and it really pisses me off, like um using pain as a personality like mm. well, people like my shoulders always hurt i'm always in pain and it is becomes their personality like i oh, like i always have a low a low back problem it's gonna deal with it that's a personality issue like that's the issue like you're embracing negative stuff like you can fix that it's not that hard and or embrace or like the the negativity of um what's the thing what's the other thing oh being weak like yeah like i hate that like it's okay to be weak Bro. like it's that shit pisses me off. Like, like being constantly injured and, and, and being okay with being weak. Like I have like somebody in my class, like she won't go over like two plates on the sled or like she can't pull a 45 pound plate off a sled. She's been in my gym for two years. And like, I'm like, dude, like, what are we doing here? Like, are you even training anymore? Like, I don't understand. Like, what are we doing? And it's one of those things where like, I just can't kick people out of my, out of my gym. Cause I'm not the boss, but like, um, it's just like, if, it's a struggle for you to do things by yourself, anything by yourself, like pick up a hundred pounds or pick up something. There's an issue. You are okay being weak and you're not doing anything about it. Personality flaw. Yeah. You, 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 I mean, you, you want, you want to increase the capabilities that the body's able to do. So Mm -hmm. like if I know squatting is, is would build strong legs and healthy knees. If you can't squat, I'm not looking at you like, oh, we shouldn't squat you. I'm looking at you like, how do I get you to a point where you can squat? Mm-hmm. So maybe you're not at the stage right now to where squatting is something that the body can do. Like we heard, we just heard it from Dre. You yeah. know, like he he was at a stage to where my body is not getting me down to a parallel squat. But that's not with the idea like I'm never going to try to get here again. It's with the idea of, let me do things that's going to gradually push me in the direction of being able to do a 90 degree squat. I talk about um, pops all the time that I trained the the 70 year old guy in the gym and he has a mind state of wanting to be strong and wanting to be functional. So I got a 70 year old man doing split squats, bro. That's incredible to me, you know, and, Doctors is like, oh, you know, bad knees. We got to throw you to surgery. And like, 
if 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 it really really requires surgery, then I'm for it. But if I if we haven't exhausted every possible option to get there, then I'm not for it. Yeah. And I feel like that's what a lot of people like do. They just oh, there's a there's an injury here, so let me just try to do the quick fix or the you know the magic pill, whatever they want to view this this thing as. And it's like, well, we never address the root. So even if you do try to throw a bandaid over something. If you get back into a state where you're not trying to strengthen your legs afterwards or you don't create this uh, this physical environment for your body to produce movement and to be strong, I don't care what you do. You're always going to live this way, you know, so it's like if I if I get knee replacement, I want to be able to, to still do a functional body weight squat. Maybe it's in my cards at 70 that I'm not supposed to deadlift 225, deadlift 225 or squat 225. Yeah, who cares? It's not important at that age. If you can, congratulations. But we still should at least be able to hinge and squat like comfortably with, yeah. without pain, you know? So to just kind of accept that to me, I feel like that just shows so many signs of like how our body can really break down over time. Like, so when I see him coming into the gym and he's like jumping around and bouncing around, he's like hitting the heavy bag and stuff like that. It's like, this shit's important. And notice I said jumping, not yeah. like he's doing like high vertical jumps or anything, but the fact that he can bounce mm -hmm. at 70 and do low level plyometrics yeah. says a world about his joint strength and his bone strength. Yeah, 100%. The ability to jump. We, sp we speak about that all the time, like how important that is. The ability to skip, you know, to get on the floor and crawl and, and things of this nature. And it's like, we should be wanting to to still have these capabilities as we continue to age so we can really just try to have a longevity healthy strong foundation of a body moving forward and if we're just gonna allow ourselves to be susceptible to just being frail and weak over time and it's just you just kind of know what that result's gonna into over time yeah, yeah again it's gonna be a shit show and it's interesting because a lot of people don't 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 notice that a lot of things, if you don't do it, you either lose, you either like use it or lose it. Yeah, I've been noticing that. I've been telling my clients that because I've been adding adding a lot of jumps into our program, and I tell them and I joke around. the The best thing about jumping and watching people jump is that you can tell number one who was a past athlete, and number two how long it's been since you jumped. <laughs> and, like people, like it's like they're flailing all over the place, not using their hands, don't understand the concept of how to land, and like. I and we we like you just said like I want to be seventy and and jump because like what what happened if I step off a curb and break my knee? That's even worse. What what kind of cool story is that? Like you know how yeah. I broke my knee? I stepped up a curb. You know how he broke his knee? He squatted four hundred and four hundred fucking pounds. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's not a cool story. So like things like crawling, getting off the floor without without taking a heavy breath, or like people in their thirties that have to. <gasps> off the fucking couch yeah. you know like that deep ass breath like just dude like shut the fuck up you're not that old so like um it's it's crazy you these a lot of movements and a lot of things that 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 you can be doing day to day if you don't do them like you'll lose them and you'll lose the ability to do them and do them well you know what i mean like i want to be able to like when i'm 70 not have to use my hands when i get up i think that's a big deal yeah that's yeah, I mean, and that's super hard. Yeah, I mean, to do when you're that old. But if you see people like in, like in, um, Japan, Asia, those countries, 
the reason why they're able to do that stuff is because they sit on the floor. It's literally simple things too. Like I think people take it for granted how simple fixes can help their longevity and their mobility and their ability to do things. Like walking, like obviously helps your knees and helps you strengthen all that stuff. Walking backwards is great for your knees. It's a fantastic fucking thing. Sitting on the ground more is fantastic for your fucking hips because you're you will move more often because it's more uncomfortable. You'll get yeah. a 990. You'll crisscross your legs. You might lean to one side. You might do that. You'll move more often. And it's also, you have to stand back up. Mm. So it puts you in the depth, in, in a deep squat position or whatever position. You stand right back up. Boom. Deep squat. You just squatted. And a lot of people don't get in this because they sit in a fucking high chair all day and then don't sit. And then their hips are tight because they're only at 90 degrees. So then when you ask them to go anything below 90 degrees, this is what my body knows. Because I don't know how to do other things. So a lot of simple fixes are like Terrence says, like fucking just sit down in a squat for like a minute. Use the wall. I don't give a shit. It's like that. It's literally not that hard. It's it's doing the stuff. And we talk about before, like we guide and we tell you guys what to do and how to do it. We can tell if you don't do it. I mean, I can tell if you don't do it, if you're constantly getting injured, like if you're not and you complain, you come in, if you come into my gym and every day there's something different that's going on or the same constant injury and I give you stuff to do, I am expecting you to do it somewhere else. Because when you come to see me, we're lifting. I'm not coming. You know what I mean? I have group classes. Like, we're coming in here to lift. I'm not coming in here to baby. You know what I mean? Like, do the stuff at home, and it will help you do the stuff in here. Yeah. I'll do it at home. Well, I'm, man, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's not going to get better. I'm telling you right now. It's not going to get better if you don't do the extra extra stuff, the extra miles. And it can take you five fucking minutes. I think five minutes is less than 1% of your day. Yeah. So, so for you, Dre, like, how how did it feel today? Like being able to consistently put a bar on your back every day, or squatting, and if anything, you're, you're probably feeling like this is some of the best squatting that you've been able to showcase for a very long time. So I know that has to be a pretty good feeling. So just kind of explain like how training looks today, how you feel today, and also like what's the goal moving forward too. Honestly, before every squat workout, I pretty much thank God for just allowing me to be able to do this again. And like what you just said, like squatting after my injury, it feels amazing. Like it literally is like I can think back of the workouts I had in the past. And I don't even know how I pushed past it, to be honest with you. Like I would sit there and think like I have old videos on my phone and I'm looking. I'm like, I know that my knees are bothering me in that set. And I still did it. And now it's like I'm doing it now. And I'm like, to get done with a workout and not feel anything, like knee pain and feel just soreness from just working out, it's amazing. And I'm just like literally thankful every single time I go in there. Like I I look at training differently. Like it's, it's really a privilege. And a lot of people don't realize it's like when you walk in there, no matter what kind of weight you're doing, like you could be squatting 225. Be happy that you're doing that. Because if you ever get to a point to where it's taken away from you, it's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I said, every time I step in there, it's just it's just an amazing feeling. I mean, right now, um, right now I'm actually taking a break from powerlifting for the most part. Just I recently squatted 380, 
and I want to compete in December. So right now I'm just having some downtime where I actually went back to the gym for the first time and just doing like leg press, leg curls and stuff like that. But for the most part, like the goal is by, I would say the end of the year to have 405 on my back. Nice, man. That's awesome, bro. Now, what um, what advice would you give to anybody who's dealing with an injury or, you know, recovering or even had past injuries or nagging pains? Like, what what would be your advice to them? Let's take it one step at a time. Uh, learn. Always be studying. Like, to be honest with you, I would say the one thing that changed after me getting hurt I don't look at like when I get little nicks and like get a little nicks and pains, I don't freak out as much. Like it honestly makes me actually become more obsessed to like learn about it and maybe be like, Hey, why did this happen? Instead of just like throwing like a pity party, like some people, like some people may do, but I would just say, take your time. Always be thankful that you're in there because like I said, it can be taken away from you just like that. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You got any extra questions for Dre, EP? Nah, man, that was good, man. We appreciate you coming. And you were saying, thank God for it. Thank yourself, too, because you put in the work to do it. Don't forget about that, too. You put in a shit ton of work to get back to where you are right now, and, and thank yourself. Because that was it's, it's it's a great story, bro. I'm really happy that you came on. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. Sir? Yeah, man, uh, good good conversation for sure. So Dre wrapped that up pr- pretty good for everybody. And, and more importantly, like like you say, um, stay consistent too. I mean, we're going to mm-hmm. constantly say that, but that's always the root of, of something. Once, you, once you're in it, you know, stay, stay consistent and stay committed so you know exactly where you need to go and you know exactly where you're trying to get. So Dre, we thank you again for coming on here and sharing your story. That's a perfect part two to our last episode talking about mobility and injuries funny how that worked out yeah, we're getting we're getting too good at this we're getting too we're good, good at this man professional podcasters yeah yeah name fucking lights and shit we're just too good at it that's nah, it man that's nah. it we keep getting better and and even what we're doing here just a uh, product of consistency and just seeing where where all of this is coming together so that leads me right into just thank, thanking everybody for 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 tuning in and checking in with the Building Savages podcast and the growth of what this has become. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, set your notification bells, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or subscribe to us on YouTube, whatever you prefer. Doesn't matter to us. We just appreciate your support. And if you don't, what are you going to do, ESP? I'm going to find you. Bro, I'm going <laughs> to bring your cousin with me. We're going to find you. We're going to hunt you down. And I'll break one and he breaks the other. And then we'll have another person for a story. We're just getting, we're just getting guest stars by breaking fucking knees. <laughs> on that note, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode. All right, guys. It was nice meeting you, bro. Peace.